At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. It's a first strike here on Visa, and I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down a very intriguing fight card that we have Saturday coming up here at the UFC Fight Night 214. Marina Rodriguez is going to take on Amanda Limoshir uh, in the main event at 115 pounds. Going to have a great group, as we always do each and every Friday here on First Strike. Lou Finicaro is standing by. James Lynch is going to join us. Dan Breland and Reed Kuhn from Washington, D.C. later on in the program. But without further ado... Let's get to the man in Phoenix, Arizona himself, Lou Finnecaro. You can follow him on Twitter as I do, at Gamblu and the host of the About Business Podcast. Lou, great to have you join us again on Friday. You and I get to talk first strike, first look on Tuesdays. I encourage people to take a listen uh, to that fine program because what we do is we try to find that value on Tuesday and see what might shift when we begin this conversation on a Friday. The weigh-ins, you know, Rob and Matt, our fine producers here at Vison, are telling me, man, we got people missing weight all over. But it looks like the fights are going to go on in earnest tomorrow here. What did you observe at the weigh-ins today, and does that affect the handicaps that you saw? Uh, well, first of all, Dave, this is a great program. It gets better every week, and I'm tickled to be a part of it and contribute. As far as the weigh-ins are concerned, as long as I've been doing this, and it's a long time, I don't even think I've ever remembered five different athletes missing weight. Now, of the five, uh, one, Shana Young, uh, came back to the scale and she, instead of missing by one pound over the limit, she was just a quarter of a pound. I think she's working hard to retain her earnings and make that weight. So it may only be four. 
three of them missed pretty bad, but at least they made it look good as if they were appearing to cut the weight and make uh, the limit because they didn't weigh in until about the last 25 minutes or so of the two-hour window which they have. One fighter came out five minutes after the weigh-in started, a pound and a half over the limit. That was uh, the young uh, Dawson mm -hmm. fighter who takes on Mark Madsen. Uh, he walks onto the scale at 57 and a half, where the limit's 56, five minutes after weigh-ins. Uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, trying to be nice, that he's pining for advantage, <laughs> but behind the scenes, he's clearly cheating. He's taking advantage of the rules. Mm. And basically what he's saying is, I'm willing to give 20% or 30% of my purse away in order to hold advantage here because uh, Dawson's longer, taller, 10 years younger. Both are wrestlers. That pound and a half, not only the weight itself, but the lack of having to cut it gives him tremendous advantage, and it really rubs me the wrong way to see it. Uh, it's a great point, Lou, and I know a lot of people that may be new to this space go, what's the big deal? It's just a pound and a half. I think you just laid it out why it's such a big deal. Certainly in the wrestling world, anybody who's try to cut and get down to that final uh, limit and cut those final pounds, it could be the toughest to do. It's really the grueling part of the process here. When you don't do that, as a professional, it rubs me the wrong way as well. So I'm right there with you, Lou. Let's get to some of your, your plays that you like on this fight card. And I want to start off uh, with the main event here with Marina Rodriguez. Uh, she's about a minus 225 betting favorite against Amanda Limos. Uh, what do you make of this main event here? Potentially five rounds for these ladies if they go the distance. I love the clash of styles. The matchmakers at the UFC have really been giving us treats lately. Uh, in this fight, 115-pound ladies, the small cage really doesn't matter. They're going to have plenty of space to maneuver advantage. Marina Rodriguez, that's a two inches taller fighter, a little bit longer, and really survives, thrives on space, distance, and movement. Uh, Lemos, on the other hand, both these young ladies, Brazilian. Uh, Lemos is a little bit more the power striker, perhaps a little bit more well-rounded, surely more gifted on the ground should she be able to get the fight there. It's my opinion that Lemos has probably a little shorter window. I think she needs to do her work and her damage inside a couple, two and a half rounds, because the longer this goes after two rounds, I think now Rodriguez's skill and precision just might take over the fight. Yeah, and that's the thing here. When you look at the fight that go to the distance, you can get plus money, uh, plus $1.10 if you don't want to pick a side there. But if you look at Rodriguez via decision, Plus $1.65, do you think it would be a point style that she would win against Lemos, or do you think there is some finishing capabilities here for either lady? That's a great question. I think Lemos uh, wants to try and, and touch Marina and get her out of there, whether it's body or, or head attack. And I think for Rodriguez, the reason I didn't use her for decision is because I do believe if it gets late and Lemos gets a little tired, that Marina can finish she's finished others mm -hmm. and her punches are straight and she's direct especially late so i'm gonna try not to be too greedy here and get too specific i've cost myself some dollars with <laughs> that and i'm gonna keep it simple and use just rodriguez and 
hope she gets her hand raised. Uh, I've, it's burned me as well. And again, you look at how, how tightly those lines are. $2 here, plus $2 from Marina, KO, TKO, or DQ, and plus $1.65 via decision. So I think that's good advice. Sometimes you don't want to get too cute. If you like the favorite here, just lay it uh, with Marina Rodriguez here, minus the 225. I want to get to Tagir Ulenbekov against uh, Nate Maness here. And Nate right now is a solid dog at plus $1.85. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? And is this dog in your eyes live? I think he's real live. And I uh, really like the fact that he had little to no trouble making 25. Mm. Now, this is his first professional fight at 25 after fighting at 35. But the UFC wouldn't book the fight with Tagir unless he had shown them at the apex that he could reach 25 in test trials. So I had confidence on Manus, I believe, or Maness, mm-hmm. that he would make the weight. Now, we looked at Tagir, who comes from the Khabib Nurmagomedov camp. And in fact, Manus's last fight was against a Nurmagomedov from that camp. And really, at 135, uh, uh, Manus couldn't withstand the wrestling pressure. Now, with Tagir, who really is a striker and doesn't, utilizes wrestling as much. In the interviews this week, Tagir came out and clearly said he's going to use the same plan his teammate did, and I think that's not going to be as easy to execute now that Manus is dropped. He's a larger man, and he's surely aware of what's coming based on fighting, I think, a much stouter opponent in Nurmagomedov. For all those reasons, I think Nate Manus is live at 125 and is looking to prove something against someone that might be getting a little extra credit just because he's in the Nurmagomedov camp. Yeah, that seems the way that the betting public always goes, right? If you're coming out of, of Khabib's camp there, we're going to back you financially, but maybe Nate, uh, Nate there, plus eighty-five. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Feels like a pretty good value play there as well. That should be an interesting potential three-round matchup. I know you've got another play on the Bautista and Lopez bout here. What do you make of uh, Mario Bautista against Benito Lopez? Uh, maybe you think this might go a little bit quicker than people might anticipate. Well, uh, Dave, the, I, I got to disclose that I get a lot of spoon-fed uh, information, mostly by way of teaching from mm. the MMA lab. Mario Bautista is a bantamweight fighter at the MMA lab, and what he has there is a team of four UFC bantamweight: Casey Kenny, Sean O'Malley, uh, Kyler Phillips, and Mario Bautista. All of those guys in the UFC all doing well. Bautista, the most underrated, the most under the radar of all of them. Every bit the fighter all those guys are. Steel sharpens steel. So he's focused and ready to go. And he's going in against a guy in Lopez that hasn't fought since 2019. How does Lopez respond? You think that after the time off, he'd come out ripped, ready to go with improvements. And we haven't seen him fight yet, but we saw him stand on the scale. And for a 136-pound limit, he weighed 138 and a half. He looked as doughy as I do, uh, you know, in a bathing suit. (laughs) And that's not a compliment for a fighter, (laughs) let me tell you. And so I really think Bautista uh, is in a great position. I think he's really focused because he just signed a new contract. And I think he's a little bit upset that his opponent would disrespect him by coming in a, a wallowing 138 and a half. Well, I just know that you and I have both try to do our push-ups, so we, we try to hold back Father Time as best we can. No excuse. I'm for like Peyton Lopez. Manning. I can do one. <laughs> the other 99 I did at home. 
I love it. So again, Bautista inside the distance there. Instead of laying the $3 price tag, you're going to get him at plus $1.65, Lou. I think that's a, a really smart way, instead of laying the big price, that you can get some plus money on the other side uh, if it goes that way that you see it. I want to get to the co-main very quickly in the, the couple minutes that we have left. Neil Magny against D-Rod here, Daniel Rodriguez. Very intriguing fight. Look, again, we've talked about it on Tuesday a little bit. If you're a Magny backer, especially as a dog, he's a guy that's cashed a lot of tickets for you. Now he's he's the favorite at minus $1.25. Does that surprise you? Do you think that's priced right? It doesn't surprise me. I think that's probably how I viewed the fight from the beginning. Maybe Magny minus 130-ish based on experience. And this is going to sound really unusual to gamblers, but I use it to a degree. D-Rod's last fight against Ling, G- oh. Ling Jing Liang uh, was a really close fight that I think if you ask 100 people, 50 on one side, 50 on the other. It was, it was my contention that maybe he got his hand raised there without warrant. And for that matter, sometimes karma can come back to you. Magny's no one to underestimate. He beats the guys he should, and he loses to the people that are in the top 10, 12. And uh, this should be a fascinating fight that I can't give you a side because I keep going back and forth. But I lean to Neil Magny based on experience. I thought the Leach won that fight that you're referring to. I had a ticket on D-Rod, so I, I felt fortunate to get that. And I always try to remember those for the other ones where you feel like it went the other way uh, on the judges' card. Very quickly, got about 30 seconds. Lou, tell the people what they get when they listen to the About Business podcast every Friday. Short, sweet. 16 minutes, 17 minutes tops. It's final releases for each UFC card. I tape the uh, podcast right after the weigh-ins. Appreciate you mentioning it, Dave, and I want to wish everybody out there good luck with the fight. The best. Lou Finnecaro. you got to follow him on Twitter as I do, at GamBlue. Great information each and every week. When we come back, we're going to catch up with James Lynch. We're going to go north of the border for this conversation next uh, before this UFC card. Come on back. It's First Strike on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. Eligible restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for all of the terms and conditions. Back here on First Strike, Dave Ross here. A pleasure to go north of the border to Canada. Catch up with James Lentz. Uh, James is an MMA journalist for MMA News and Sports Kita MMA. Also follow him, on as I do, on Twitter at Lynch on Sports. James, great to have you back in the program, my friend. You know, just talked to Lou Finicaro, and we talked about all these fighters that struggled to make weight, five different fights affected by it. You have the, the luxury of talking to a lot of these fighters does it change your opinion of a handicap 24 hours before a fight when you see some fighters that really struggle to make that final weight cut? It has to. And, and you're right. Uh, it's interesting. You know, Grant Dawson missed weight today. I, I spoke to Grant, even though this fight's short notice, it, he was told that he was going to be on this card. So I was very surprised to hear him miss weight and add in the fact this guy used to fight at 145. So a little bit concerning there. I think you have to with certain fighters, um, especially when you look at them on the scales. I mean, even a guy like Nate Manis, who did make weight today at 125, it's his first time. He didn't look so hot. So mm. those are things I do factor in uh, just when it comes to confidence level in certain fighters. James, let's talk about that a little bit here with Grant Dawson, who did miss weight, but the fight will go on here. He's a big favorite, over $2 betting favorite at minus 215. Do you then look at it and say, if if I don't like the weight cut or the attempt even to make the weight cut at the end, pound and a half, it sounds like, is what he missed. Do those numbers then actually feel like they're it's an advantage to the guy that didn't cut the weight, even though he's got to give up 20%? It doesn't hurt us as, as gamblers, per se, if we think that's going to be a major advantage for him come fight night. I think you have to. And if you just looked at the stare down, Grant did look a lot bigger than, than Mark Madsen as well. Uh, just, you know, maybe the height and reach and all that. But uh, I think in, in a case like that, where, you know, he's not struggling, he's not, you know, they're not pulling him out to the, to the wins. I mean, we've seen some pretty bad wins before uh, with fighters trying to cut that weight. Grant didn't really look like that. I don't know what the issue was, but um, I think in his case, I think if anything, it's, he's going to have that advantage. Like you said, yeah, two wrestlers there. So let's see what happens there. If it does get down to the ground, that can be a big difference in it. You mentioned uh, Nate Manis here uh, down at, 125 pounds. He did make it 125 and a half. I uh, guess uh, here. And we know that Uwen of course, coming from the uh, Khabib fight camp here. What do you make of this fight? And again, with the t- tough weight cut for Nate, do you think that makes him even a bigger dog in your eyes? 
Uh, yeah, it, it's a little, a little bit difficult to read this fight because I think the big question is, can Nate Manis perform like he did at bantamweight at flyweight? He actually had a pretty good run at bantamweight, just the one loss to Umar Nurmagomedov. Um, he can hit like a truck. We've mm. seen him get knockouts. Will that power translate even better to 125? I think it's possible. And I think fighting a guy like Umbekov, who, let's be honest, did not look that great in his last fight against Tim Elliott. I think there's a possibility of an upset here with Nate. Um, again, the weigh-in is a little bit concerning, but saying that, it's all how you look on fight night. I, you're almost kind of taking a guess as to how he's going to perform. But I do think there is some value on Manus just with the price right now, considering uh, that he does pack a punch. And I think he does have a puncher's chance in this fight. And James, when I look at that fight, potentially to go the distance, you'd have to lay, lay some juice there at minus $1.75. You mentioned, Nate, we know the punching power is going down now to 125. It could be even juicier here if you like him by KO, TKO, or DQ. Does he have the style that could win on points? Or do you look at it and go, you know, plus 550, if I like the dog, even though you're getting almost $2 anyway, would you then say, well, the only method of victory that I see for Nate would be KO, TKO, DQ to get him out of there, plus 550. Do you think that's a better play? I think that, yeah, I do think the knockout prop is or, or the inside the distance prop is the way to go just because uh, Nate had a decision not go his way in the last fight. I don't mm -hmm. think he wants to go to the judges' scorecards here. He doesn't want to get paid by the hour, so to speak. <laughs> he wants to go out there and make a statement. And remember, this is a new division for him. So if he gets an impressive finish here, who knows where he'll be ranked. I think it's a big opportunity for him. Again, he's never uh, lost back-to-back -back fights in the UFC. He's got to win this fight. So that sort of tells me that we're going to see a little bit more urgency on the main side. All right, those are the two fights here so far on the main event. I want to keep going up that main event card. Let's talk about Josh Parisian against Chase Sherman. Not a lot of big boys uh, in the heavyweight division going to be on center stage on Saturday night, but these two guys are, and these are two big guys now. Looking at guys 255, 265, pushing the limits here in the heavyweight division and pretty evenly priced. You've seen Chase now a small favorite at minus $1.30. Uh, Josh, right now, a little plus money there, plus $1.10. What do you make of this one here for guys 32, 33? Again, looking like mirrors here, 6'4", six, 6'4". Four, six, four. And again, the reach is almost identical as well. So it feels like this thing's going to stay standing. Is that the way you see it playing out with the hands? I do. I think we'll see a finish here, but honestly, I would stay away from this fight. You have two of the most inconsistent fighters in the division right mm -hmm. now. That's why the price is so even. There's no real advantage for either fighter either. You mentioned they're both, I think, 6'4", uh, about the same age around there, and just, again, very inconsistent. I gave the edge to Parisian, actually, because I really like the fact that he was able to come back in that last fight and knock out Alan Badeau. Chase Sherman is so hit or miss. He's This is his, what, second or third stint with the UFC. Yeah. Um, I, to me, it's just it's too much of a gamble to go on either side here from a betting perspective. If I have to give an edge, like I said, I'll go Parisian. But um, to me, it's just two guys that if they're on, they look good. If they don't, if they're not on, then then it's really a gamble there. And I think if Parisian's on, he should be able to win this fight. And look at the price point here, James, for the fight to go the distance, plus $1.65. So we are not anticipating this one uh, to go all three rounds. Again, the under two and a half, uh, really juiced to the under, minus $1.60. So to your point, it feels like somebody's going to make quick work of the other, right? We just don't see this going yeah. three rounds. No, I, I think we'll see a finish here, uh, whether it's, you know, early or, or late. But um, again, I think with both guys knowing that, you know, again, their, their job security, it's not very safe here in the heavyweight division. So I think, again, you'll see some urgencies there. You'll see a finish. Both guys coming off finishes in their last fights. I think we'll see one here on Saturday. James, we talked about a lot of the fighters that really struggled to make weight. Uh, five of those fighters that we saw on weigh-in day today. When I think of pro in UFC, I think of Neil Magny. Right. The guy is just a guy you can certainly depend on. And Dana White and the company has certainly done that through the years. Now he's in the co-main event here at 170 pounds against D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez. This line has moved a little bit as the week's gone on. It feels like Magny is the, the respected fighter. I know D-Rod in the last fight out against the Leech, maybe not the most impressive way to get your arm raised, but he did, in fact, get that win. 
there are some advantages here for Magny when you look at the tail of the tape. 6'3 versus 6'1. He does have a six-inch reach advantage against D-Rod. What do you make of Magny being a $1.25 favorite? I think there's some value there. This is a tricky fight, though, because here's the problem. Daniel Rodriguez hits like a truck, and yep. we've seen Magny get finished and drop before. Uh, Max Griffin nearly did it in his fight with Neil Magny. I could see a similar thing happening here with Daniel Rodriguez. But here's the thing with Magny. He's fought better opposition. I really uh, put a lot of strength into his schedule and who he's fought. And you know, you look at some of the losses there against really top top guys. The last guy he fought in Shavkat Rachmanov might be one of a, you know, the future contenders in the weight class, right? So I, I think with Magny, um, he just needs to neutralize a lot of Rodriguez's weapons. I think if you want to, you know, get some better value on Magny there, play Neil Magny by decision. He does not finish a lot of his fights. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez, uh, he, you know, he has been finished, but he's also very durable as well as far as, you know, taking him out. Um, I think Magny by decision is a good play. And if you do like Rodriguez at all, I don't think he'll get another decision like he got in the last fight. Again, I thought that should have gone the other way. Mm -hmm. I think if Rodriguez wins, it's likely by knockout and it's likely early. So maybe look at that knockout prop, the first round pop, if you like Rodriguez. But I think more likely than not, Neil Magny wins the decision here. Yeah, and that's plus money there, plus $1.30 for Magny to get it done if it goes all three rounds. And again, I always try to remind myself, James, when I feel like I'm on the wrong side of a decision that I should have won, I go, wait. I got the D-Rod one against the Leech, and maybe I shouldn't have gotten that one. So we got to remember those and not just the ones that go against us. Uh, the main event, Marina Rodriguez here against Amanda Limos here at 115 pounds. Uh, Limos, she's easily making the weight, 114 and a half. Uh, Rodriguez makes it 115 and a half. I think we understand stylistically what we might see here in a potential five-round main event here where Rodriguez would like to keep her on the edge of her punches here. But what's really intriguing to me is, yes, she's got a two-inch uh, two height advantage, but the reach is identical. Do you see yeah. this fight going down to the mat at all? Or do you see Lemos trying to get inside and make this maybe a stylistic fight that Rodriguez doesn't want to have maybe in the clinch? I think at some point it will go to the ground, but I do see this being more of a stand-up fight. And it's kind of like the fight we just talked about with Magny and uh, and Rodriguez, although no, you know, reach or height advantage per se. Um, but uh, I, I think that, you know, Lamish is going to go for that that knockout punch. She's going to go, you know, she she's we've seen her get impressive knockouts in that weight class. But the problem is she's fighting a girl in Marine Rodriguez who's never been finished. She's got that five-round experience. Um, I, I think what you're going to see over this fight is, you know, maybe Lemos uh, stealing a round or two or, or maybe, you know, winning, get, maybe landing some better punches here. But I think ultimately Rodriguez is so smart. And you look at who she's fought in that weight class. Her last loss was a split decision to the current strawweight champion as uh, Carla Esparza. Mm -hmm. I just have a hard time seeing Marina Rodriguez get finished in this fight. I think Rodriguez is going to win a decision. I don't know what has been with these women's main events, but they've all gone the distance. So I could see another similar thing happening here with Marina Rodriguez. Again, if you want some better pricing there, take her. The fight goes to the distance. I know some other people feel like, you know, will go, uh, you know, might might get a later finish in this fight. But I just think Rodriguez is too smart. She's not going to play into Lamos's game. Lamos has a puncher's chance here, but I don't think Rodriguez is going to be, uh, you know, making that mistake. And let's also not forget, she was kind of passed over for a title shot here. I think Rodriguez needs a good win here to make that claim to fight the winner of Carlos Barza and Weili Zhang, which take place takes place next Saturday. So I think you'll see her be very smart and pick up another decision like she's done so many times in her career. James, it's almost like you read my mind because I was like, if she looks really good, are we talking? about a title shot now for Marina because it feels like you're looking for new challengers at 115, not just named Rose Namajunas, right? So this mm -hmm. really could, if she looks good, and by the way, by decision, plus $1.65, win by finish, the same price point at a plus $1.65. Do you think she's thinking in those terms? 
Yeah, I, I think she's thinking, you know, I, I'm sure she'd love to finish the fight. But if you just look at her career historically, one knockout win, if I'm not mistaken, at least recently against Amanda Rebus, which very impressive. No one's really done that to Rebus before. But I think that's the exception to the rule. The rule is Marina Rodriguez usually goes the distance. All right, James, great to have you back in the program north of the border there in Canada. Come on down to Vegas. We'll catch a call one. Lynch on Sports is where you follow him on Twitter. Enjoy the fights. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. There he is, James Lynch, everybody. When we come back, Dan Vreeland's going to join the program. It is First Strike on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Yes on Prop 27 and DraftKings. Half the country already allows online sports betting for adults 21 or older. It's time to let Californians in on all the action. There's no good reason your friends in New York, Chicago, Phoenix, Portland, Boston, etc. They can bet online, but Californians, they got to still deal with those shady bookies. So Prop 27 ensures California finally catches up to the time. So vote yes on Prop 27. Back here, first strike here, Dave Ross at Las Vegas at Circus Sportsbook. 
uh, in fabulous downtown Las Vegas. Always a pleasure to catch up with Dan Vreeland, writer at Sports Gambling Podcast and Cage Side Press and host of Top Turtle Podcast and MMA Gambling Podcast. Dan, great to have you back in the program. First of all, tell the people about the podcast very quickly before we get in the card, what they get when they tune in. So for the Top Turtle MMA podcast, it's a little bit of a variety show. Uh, me and my co-host on that one uh, like to break down just like a couple of the top fights. We try not to get too deep. And then there's also two interviews with people who are on the card. So this week I'm talking with uh, Jake Hadley and Johnny Munoz, who are both on this weekend's card. Uh, and then on the other one, the Sports Gambling Podcast, me and my co-host Jeff Fox, we, we run down the entire card. Uh, we make pretend that we have to bet $100 on every single fight, which is obviously not a profitable way to do anything, <laughs> but we make pretend that that's the best way to go about things. And uh, we give what our pick would be if we had to put $100 on the fight. Absolutely love it, Dan. I, I miss my time of talking to a lot of the fighters like you do now on those podcasts. So take a listen to them. I want to get to some of those because I know you have a, a two-way parlay that you like maybe with Hadley and Munoz. Tell me about that parlay and why you like those fighter, fighters and what you glean from those conversations. Yeah, and it, it wasn't just the conversations that made me feel that way. I, I love the stylistic matchups in both of these fights. So, you know, for Johnny Munoz, he's fighting Ludovic Shalinian, a guy who we saw on the, uh, not the contender series, the ultimate fighter. And really the problem with him and the reason he didn't go further is he got out wrestled. Um, and he's a guy who has good wrestling in the first place, but badly got out wrestled in that fight. And Johnny Munoz is a guy who I think people are sleeping on just how good of a wrestler he is. Um, you know, he kind of got caught in his last fight, didn't look as good as he kind of had in the past. And, and I think he's set here to out wrestle Ludovic Shaolinian probably pretty easily for 15 minutes. Now, when you look at the number, it doesn't look that sexy, right? We're up over negative $2. So I like putting him with Jake Hadley, who's pushing negative $3, being, you know, a guy who, you know, he was hyped up coming into the UFC and he lost his debut. And I think a lot of people wrote him off on that. But I think he's in a similar situation. The reason I like both of them together is Jake Hadley is a guy with good offensive wrestling. We saw him do that in Cage Warriors when he beat Luke Shanks. And we, we saw him do it on the Contender Series when he beat Mitch Raposo. Came in, didn't look as good with the wrestling. I think some of that is a travel. Some of that is, you know, ring rust. Some of that is octagon jitters, all that kind of stuff. But he's fighting a guy in Carlos Candelario who really has given up a lot of takedowns. And yeah, he scrambles well and stuff like that. But I think we're going to see both of these guys kind of like grind out pretty easy decisions with their wrestling. So with, you know, the big numbers next to both of their names, I think they're kind of fun to put together and you can get them just about plus money if you do that. Yeah, plus dollar 10. And, and I'm, I like where your head's at there because again, we always talk about, you know, portfolios for for wagers in this space here and sometimes even if it didn't hit per se sometimes you played those straight you're going to lose more than you would lose potentially on a two-way parlay if it doesn't cash and if it does cash instead of laying those big numbers now you get the plus money at plus a dollar 10 so it just makes financial sense as well and very quickly candelario didn't miss weight uh today as well does that affect the, the, the handicap for you either way so it's tough for me to say how it misses weight. And by the way, five fighters miss wow. weight. One eventually made it on the uh, third attempt, or uh, third attempt, I believe Shanna mm -hmm. Young did. But yeah, five fighters miss weight. It's hard for me to tell exactly how I feel about people missing weight. Sometimes I got to see them on the scale uh, and, you know, usually see the first 10, 15 seconds of the fight before I could really tell. Because a lot of times missing weight can come down to either didn't try or had a bad weight cut. Um, you know, sometimes you see people fighters miss by five, six pounds. And it's part of the reason why their opponents turn down those fights more than anything is that those five or six pound misses are often guys who are just, you know, gave up a little bit too early in the game, knew they weren't going to make it. But all of these misses are right around a pound and a half to two, which makes me think that they really pushed themselves to make it. It was just, you know, something biological going on or, mm -hmm. you know, that last pound wouldn't shut off. 
which usually bodes pretty poorly. If you're looking for, you know, stats on fighters who miss weight, they're they're losing about 68% of the time. Wow. So the the fact that, you know, like you said, Candelario did miss weight here, and he's a guy who's going to want to grapple and gives up takedowns, getting up from underneath a guy like Jake Hadley repeatedly is definitely going to wear him out in this fight. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point too, Dan, because again, for guys that don't try, and a lot of times why these fights get canceled is because then you're almost fighting at somebody else in a different weight class. I mean, that's what it is. I know there are 10 bad differences for the majority of the UFC weight classes, but it's like, why would I you know, subject my career, potentially going down a couple rungs in the ladder with a fighter who's not even attempting to make weight? The ones that do attempt and don't make it, sometimes those are rougher. And I thought a 68% clip, that is uh, information you can certainly use there. I want to talk a little bit about that fight with uh, Miranda Maverick against uh, Shana Young here, because Young, I believe she made the weight by cutting off her hair at the last instance. I thought that was a wives' tale, Dan, but apparently it yeah. actually works. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if it actually works or if they just gave it to her after she did it, because uh, it, it doesn't feel like she probably had a half pound of hair on her, but <laughs> hey, you know, props to her for getting it done. Uh, I, I will say, I, I am a little bit worried about how she looked on the scale. The, the way she weighed in the first time, I, I did get a chance to glean the clip of her getting on the scale. Mm. And, and originally I, I was saying, I, I really hate Miranda Maverick's odds in this fight. Like, you know, put a gun to my head and ask me to pick a winner. I'm picking Miranda Maverick in this fight. Right. Obviously she's a negative 675 favorite, but I do worry about that number because Shanna Young has fought up at Bantamweight and she is a very physically strong fighter. And Miranda Maverick, somebody who likes to bully, who likes to get in there, get in the clinch, rip you to the ground, hold you down. Um, and, and I just worry about how that works against somebody like Shanna Young here. And, and granted, it did work against Shanna Young. She fought her earlier in her career. We're great against her there. But now that Shanna Young's kind of bulked up a little bit, matured a little bit, fought up at Bantamweight a little bit, I worry about it. The weight miss helps me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not ready to lay anywhere near the money line on there. You might catch me slightly tempted by the plus 130 submission prop on Maverick. But apart from that, I, I'm pretty much staying away from this one. Yeah, not a good practice to get into laying those $7 favorites almost in case that big upset comes. That can ruin your whole portfolio for a fight card there. You've got a couple fights that are intriguing to me where you found some plus money here on some dogs. I want to talk about Derek Minner here. You like him in this, in this uh, fight coming up. And you also like him with a, uh, a nice prop here to get even better than plus $1.75. What do you like at a Minner in this matchup? Yeah, I, I like a lot of things about Minner in the first place. He's a great grappler. I, I think people see the two back-to-back -back losses. And granted, they were against great opponents, Ryan Hall and, and Darren Elkins. And people see those losses and instantly think, oh, he's on his down skid or, you know, he's on his way out of the UFC or things like that. He's an exceptional grappler who just happened to run into two very exceptional grapplers, two guys who do even better on the mat than he does. He's great with the submission game. I, I see him posted right there at plus 330. And while Shyamalan Nirdambik is a guy who a, a lot of people think has good grappling and think has good takedowns, and he did in his last fight, he was caught in an armbar by TJ Brown, was mm. forced to pick that dude up, drop him on his head to try to get out of it, and he almost didn't. And that happened in the first round of that fight. He also found himself on the bottom of TJ Brown a couple of times. I personally think Derek Minner is a bigger submission threat than TJ Brown, a better submission threat than TJ Brown. And I think Sean Yolan's going to have a lot of trouble with it. So at, at plus 330, I, I mean, I think it's worth, you know, going the extra mile and not just taking the money line here. Wow. Okay. One other dog that you like here, Vidal, against Pasquale here. And not just by, by a random victory, you've got a prop here on a sub to get you five to one here. Tell me why you think this sub is uh, live and in play. 
So I, I think this this sub is live and in play for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think Vidal has really good submission skills. I saw her win by heel hook recently, and it, it wasn't the prettiest looking heel hook, but she basically fell off of a mountain. She's like, well, there's a leg and I got it. Um, <laughs> you know, she, she's somebody who looks to finish no matter what. And I like that about her. And Pasquale showed in that Josie Nunez fight, she's not easy to knock out. So if the doll is going to get the finish here, and I do think she's going to need to get the finish, because, you know, one of the other things you'll find about the doll is she tires out pretty darn quickly. Like it, after the first round, she's pretty exhausted. You know, I, I saw some people knocking the fact that she's only posted at negative 130 and Pasquale has not looked good in the UFC. That's true. But I think if this fight gets late into the fight, Pasquale is going to look better and better and better. So Vidal comes out like she's looking to end the fight right away. She's always looking to end the fight. If she gets it done early, I think it's going to be with the sub. So, you know, the fact that you can get five to one on that, uh, I'm all over it. If she's winning, that's how she's winning. So I don't want the, you know, push aside the negative 130. Give me the plus 500. Hey, go for the five to one. You're right, because if she tanks and she gasses, uh, that's not going to be in play. But if she wins, that's probably uh, the better avenue of approaching to get Pasquale. Did miss weight. So Ramona may be a tough weight cut for her. So look for Vidal early. At five to one. Dan, great stuff as always, my friend. Always love catching up with you. Uh, stay warm, warm up there in Massachusetts. Enjoy the fight card. We'll get uh, catch up with you again soon. Thank you. There he is, everybody. Dan Vreeland. When we come back, and go to Washington, D.C. Catch up by the numbers analytically from Reed Coon next year on First Strike on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Start your morning with VEASAN's newest podcast, VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Josh Applebaum gives you every piece of info you need to be ready for betting the day's biggest games in just 15 minutes. He discusses line moves, injuries, and what you're going to need to be looking for before you make those bets. So make the VEASAN Daily Morning Bets podcast part of your morning routine. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast back here on first strike i am dave ross in las vegas always a pleasure to go out to washington dc the nation's capital catch up with reed coon uh, of course does a great job here with us and also on espn reed great to have you back in the program again uh, author of the book fightnomics you can follow him as i do uh, under that same title on twitter you know i want to get right to the main event here when i look at uh, what your numbers are going to show here when you break them down analytically uh, between marina rodriguez here against amanda limos I think you've got enough good data points now because not saying that they're old established veterans, but at 35, you've got a pretty good volume on both women here. What are the numbers showing you Rodriguez right now over a $2 betting favorite? Well, first of all, we're probably going to see them stand and trade on the feet. Not a lot of takedowns between them. If anyone is going to take it down, it's probably Lemos, but even then she's pretty hesitant. So they're going to strike and they're both pretty good at striking. So when you have people that are confident in their hands, I think that's what they're willing to do. They're going to test each other. Um, but in terms of the factors here, I, I think Lemos is unexpectedly perhaps one of the more dangerous strikers on this card. If you actually look at who has the most career knockdowns, who has the highest per strike landed knockdown rate, it's Amanda Lemos. And this is a card with you know Daniel Rodriguez, uh, heavyweights on mm. the card. So that was unexpected. And at first I was thinking, hmm, maybe the numbers are going to take me the other way for the underdog here. It actually didn't. I, I landed on Rodriguez as a worthy favorite, and it's the efficiency. So when you're looking at two people duking it out, if you don't get that knockdown, it boils down to who is landing more consistently. And Rodriguez seems to be the one who does that. She's more efficient. There's a there's a number they often put on the screen, significant strikes landed per minute. That differential favors Rodriguez here. She's just more efficient at landing more damage and not taking a lot in return. And in a standing duel between two straw weights, that probably counts for something. That's fascinating, Reed, because again, if you look at for the fight that go the distance plus a dollar ten without picking a winner here, uh, if it does go all five, do you see any finishing potential if they're going to stay in a trade? Because I, I think you're right on. Lemos might want to get into the clinch more. Uh, you know, get inside. She's two inches shorter here. Rodriguez obviously like to keep her on the edge of the jab. We've seen that scoring 
has gone a different way here with the metrics of who's doing the, the more damage. So Rodriguez could do more on points, traditional points. Could that factor in here if it does go all five, if it looks like Limos gives more damage out there versus maybe the pitter-patter style of Marina Rodriguez? I do expect it to be close. Uh, and if you're looking for that prop, maybe Limos dangerous in the first and second rounds, that could pay out pretty big. You know, an underdog getting a finish in the strawweight division, that's probably a high payoff. Uh, but I think the longer this goes, we've seen Rodriguez fight. She beat Watterson in five rounds. So that tells me a lot because I have backed Watterson before successfully in some pretty high profile fights. Uh, so getting past Michelle Watterson in a five rounder tells me that Rodriguez knows how to fight a five round fight. Lemos, we haven't seen her go that far. She also has a win over Watterson, but she did it quite quickly. Uh, so I think maybe the finishing potential early is with Lemos. But as long as we survive that early onslaught, I think Rodriguez pulls away. Let's, uh, you mentioned D-Rod here, Daniel Rodriguez, and the finishing potential that he has when the numbers, uh, and it's surprising that Lemos is right up there uh, in the likes of a D-Rod here. Going up against Neil Magny at 170 pounds. Look, Magny's been a guy. It's hard for me to get off that train because he's been very profitable as a dog. But now he's a favorite at minus $1.25 against D-Rod. What do you make of this matchup here? Is this a live dog now here for a plus $1.05 on D-Rod? I think it is. I think he is a live dog, and it's because it's a striker versus grappler situation. Classic matchup styles make fights. Um, but D-Rod you know, didn't look great in his last outing. I was sitting with you yes. uh, in Vegas for that fight. We really <laughs> had to sweat that one. We were on the right side, but definitely worth a sweat. Um, just wasn't really the usual gunslinging kind of guy that we're expecting. But fighting Magny, Magny is not going to be able to stand for 15 minutes with Rodriguez. I don't think so. Uh, Magny is at a point in his career. He's been dropped eight times. He, yes, he has this abnormally long reach, and that does help him on the feet. But I don't think he wants to stand and trade leather with Ray, Rodriguez. He, Rodriguez would welcome that if that's, that's what's going on. The more important thing is, can Rodriguez stay off his back? I did look back at a few fights. Rodriguez hasn't dropped a decision yet. And he has been taken down multiple times in the same fight and then came back to win. Hmm. So I am hoping that even if he does get down, he can get back up again. He has that escape. Magni with a wet blanket, backpacking people, that is always a concern. And that's actually what led me to back him as an underdog many, many times over the years. And he's come through. Uh, but this is, again, you know, he's a little bit more mature now. He's taken some damage. I'm hoping that Rodriguez can force at least a few minutes of each round on the feet, and at some point he's going to make Magni pay. Yeah, it's a great point. And again, you and I did sweat that one out against the Leech there. Uh, we're on the right side of the decision, so sometimes, again, I like to say, remember those people when you go, oh, I got jobbed on that decision. Sometimes they do go your way as they did that night for us. Let's keep going down this card a little bit in the main event. Josh Parisian is a small dog against Chase Sherman. You don't see Sherman very often in the favorites role here in the heavyweight division with the big boys. And these are big boys, 255, 265, about the same age, the same height. Uh, so I know you've got data points here. What are they showing you? And I, I guess most people are assuming this one is not going to hit the cards. Yeah, and we're not only are we looking at heavyweights, you look at head strike defense, and both guys are not very good. So they are willing to take punches, <laughs> and in this division, you can't really do that for very long. Uh, both of them have been dropped before. But I do like Chase Sherman here. It's interesting. I was looking at him, and I thought I might like him as a dog. He actually flipped into the favorite position. So I'm not going to go too crazy here. It's a small bet for me. But I do like Chase Sherman. And I think it's just the fact that 
he has a little bit better defense. Parisian, if he's letting opponents tee off on him and land one out of every two strikes they throw, that is dangerous. And especially in this division, uh, you know, he is not invincible. He has been dropped. So I like Chase Sherman here, but you're right. It's the inside the distance potential. If these two guys are just slinging it out, somebody's going to fall down. Yeah, if, if you want to get bold and, and think this fight's going to go all three, plus money here without picking a side, plus $1.65, that's not where my money is going to be, certainly, uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Reed, we look at uh, Nate Manis here uh, going down in weight to 125 to take on uh, Tagir uh, Ulambekov here. Ulambekov easily making the way to 124 and a half. Tougher weight cut for Nate in this one going down a weight class. Do you have enough data points here to support the dog? Or do you think the favorite is the, is the rightful one? No, I like the favorite here, and it's another stylistic mismatch. It's the ground metrics that make me like Ulambekov. And then I look at his hands and realize he's actually pretty competent with his hands too. And so he has a dual threat advantage here. I do want him to do this on the, on the mat. That would be better. Uh, Nate Maness does have some hands. He's, he's dropped two people or has two knockdowns at a pretty high rate. Um, but to gear, I like him all over and I just hope he makes it more of a safe fight in this weight class, takes it down where he belongs. He's going to be a grappler. And you can get that price tag there in Tagir at minus a dollar five via decision. Is that a worry for you that he's got finishing capabilities? Because the sub uh, for the big favorite is is only four to one. So the betting market might be telling you that there is some danger here that he might be able to get Nate out of there. Yeah, it, he hasn't had a lot of uh, attempts in his UFC career. I think only one actual submission attempt, and it didn't convert. So it's not like he's doing that a lot. He was winning by decision in his two victories, and then he lost a third decision, but that was against Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott, if you've ever watched that guy fight, just imagine squirrels wrestling. It's you know impossible to keep track of all the transitions going on. So no, no shame <laughs> in losing that matchup on the ground. Uh, but yeah, his other fights, you know, not necessarily against big name guys. He didn't submit them. He just used the safe route with the wrestling. Uh, Nate Maness, when I looked at it, each time he's been taken down, he spent several minutes there. Oh, he's not a guy who gets up very quickly or escapes very quickly. And if that's the case, then Tagir is going to hold on to him, pin him down, wet blanket the guy. Um, so I would probably be leaning the over here and just not count on anything unusual. But I like the fact that Tagir can also hold himself on the feet as well. Speaking of wet blankets, I, I, we're uh, anticipating a wrestling match between Dawson and Madsen here. Mark, of course, is still undefeated. Uh, Grant did miss weight on this one, coming in at 157 and a half. So fight still goes on here. Does that change the handicap in the, in the numbers at all in the, uh, in the breakdown here? Yeah, this, this is a wrestler's delight. Weird. You know, you, you see both guys love to uh, attempt takedowns. Actually, it's Dawson who uses them at a much higher rate. He doesn't convert them as well as Mark Madsen. Uh, both guys tend to be in control when they're on the ground, but massive age difference. So Dawson probably is more dangerous with his hands just based on the age of Madsen. Um, I did like Dawson. I saw that weight miss. Uh, it was a weird one, too. Kind of weighed in early. Didn't even try to make the weight. Um yeah, you can't read too much into the body language, or at least mm -hmm. I try not to because it might lead me astray. Uh, but Grant Dawson, I agree with him as a favorite. This is this is one I'm going to pass on. Just take the over. Absolutely. Uh, Reed, always appreciate the time and the information, my friend. Again, follow him as I do on Twitter at Fight Nomics. Come on back to, out to uh, Vegas. We'll sweat out some fights together again. want to thank, of course, Luda Finicaro, James Lynch, Dan Vreeland, and Reed Kuhn for joining Rob Moreno, Matt Santos. Great job behind the glass. Thanks for watching First Strike on Visa in the Sports Betting Network.
Thanks for watching First Strike. Of course, subscribe on YouTube. And we always have First Strike First look for you each and every Tuesday as we give you the best of the numbers before we get to First Strike each and every Friday. So download on iHeart, Apple, or your favorite podcast. Thanks for watching First Strike on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote getting ready to take on spring Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.